0: To the Generous Life podcast. I'm Lori Farquhar, president of NCF South Florida, and I'm joined today by Christine Ocker. Christine is a longtime friend of NCF South Florida. She actually worked with us for a while, leading our life work leadership efforts, and she is now currently the president of Strikeforce 421. I am joined today by a very special guest, Christine Auker. Welcome, Christine. Well, thank you,
1: Laurie. It's just a pleasure to be here with you today.
0: Oh, it's wonderful to see you. Um We don't get to spend enough time together, so this is one way that I have to bring you into the office again. Mm. For our listeners that may not know this, Christine actually spent some time working with NCF South Florida, and she'll tell you that as part of her story. So uh, join me in welcoming Christine. Um, Christine, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and how you got to South Florida?
1: Ah, wow! Well, it has been a journey. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, and then after I graduated college, I uh, found my way to the New York metropolitan area, um, and I lived in the New York area for 10 years where I had a career um, mostly in corporate America. I was a national sales manager for a hearing aid manufacturer. Well, many of you probably know the name of Siemens. Um, yes was with Siemens oh, for 10 years, and that was my background. Um, I was an audiologist, but mostly worked in the corporate arena. And my husband at that time was a surgeon, and um, he was called down to South Florida at Fort Lauderdale area at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, he's a head-neck surgeon, and they needed his expertise at the Cleveland Clinic in Weston. Florida. So that's what brought us down here to Florida. What year was that? Uh, we moved down here in 2009. Okay. Wonderful. That's a big change from New York. Oh, um, yeah, but there's a lot of New Yorkers that are in South Florida <laughs> as true. well. It seems like there's a there's a big draw, um, but it, the weather was the biggest change, and I certainly really enjoyed um, having the bright sunshine and warmer weather year-round.
0: Mm, I remember that Bert was a Boater, Did you guys have a boat and enjoyed that here? Did you get to do that up in New York? Yes. Uh,
1: Originally when we were in New York um, we boated a lot and um, I really didn't want to move to South Florida at first. I thought he just wanted to move down here so he could boat all year (laughs) round. (laughs) Um, I wasn't um, I liked boating but I didn't need to do it all year round but he liked that idea. (laughs) All
0: right. So 2009
1: year down here
0: working with the Cleveland Clinic, which is a really prestigious um, organization, so well-respected. And what about church and family life? And how, how did you get connected when you moved down here besides the hospital?
1: Well, um, when we came down here, we didn't have any family. We didn't have any friends. We didn't have any community. We only had our careers. Um, mm-hmm. Scott, uh, Bert's work with um, the Cleveland Clinic, and then I was working now with a competitor. Um, we weren't here very long, just probably less than a year, maybe six months. And Bert got diagnosed with um, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! And um, that's a shock. Moving to a new community and not having people that could support you through something so traumatic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a um, a pretty. Uh, difficult blow. Um, A diagnosis of ALS is a terminal diagnosis, and we had no family or no support. We weren't really plugged into the church yet um, due to the recent move. And um, I think in essence, we can say we were both hysterical, Mm. and we were all alone. Um, Wow. And we quickly realized we needed um, community, and we needed some support. Um, So we got— Uh, We called. We were attending Coral Ridge, but we really hadn't gotten to know anybody there. Got plugged in there, and um, so we just called some people. Called the the staff at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. We just kind of told them our story and said, "Help! (laughs) We don't know what to do, where to go. Help!" And um, the outpour from the church was phenomenal. The way they just wanted to to love on us and journey with us. Through um through what we were facing, I don't know how, how we would have done it. We went from having no community to a very rich community in the matter of days. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: so thankful that you had the you know that you had the means to to think about the church as a sor- a resource for mm-hmm. you because I don't know that everybody
1: would. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. And um, I will will tell you, it's that experience that has made me very passionate about the church. Mm -hmm. The church is a great community where people should and need to go when they need support. That's awesome.
0: Wonderful. So that was 2010? Yeah, 2010. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I know we first met at LifeWork Leadership. We went through the class at the same year, you and Bert and uh, I were, we were all in the 2013-2014 class. Is that? that, That's correct. Right? Mm -hmm. That's when you guys graduated too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so tell us, how did you get connected to, how did you find out about LifeWork and why did you decide to go through a class given everything that was happening in your lives at that time?
1: Well, you're right. Life changed a lot. Um, Bert had to quit working, and um, we made the decision that I would quit working and become his full time caregiver. Um, and fortunately, the Lord blessed us that we could do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were we got very involved at Coral Ridge. Um, Bert actually became an elder, and I was very involved with women's ministry. And they were having um, the church was having an informational on life work leadership at the church. And so uh, the leaders at the church asked us to attend it and uh, learn learn about it, and so we did. And um, uh, I was at Craig Houston at that time, did a nice presentation on life work leadership, and Bert and I looked at each other and said, we, we got to do this. Um, and we were in a season we had time to do something like this because we were <clears throat> not working anymore. Um, but the other aspect of it, That made us hesitate was we didn't know if he was going to live long enough to do Mm, life work. Right. But we also realized um, Burt's disease was progressive and he could still do things and I wasn't working. I could help him do what he couldn't do, that it would be a good thing for us to do together. Mm. So we were just very inspired by the uh, talk that Craig Houston did and um, what it sounded like. So we, we wanted to do it.
0: That's amazing because when you think about life work leadership, it's a leadership course designed to integrate your faith into your work. Mm -hmm. And you were not working at the time, but the kind of like the underlying thread of life work has always been the community Mm -hmm. and really being able to connect with like minded people and do life together. And thats is that what attracted you?
1: That attracted us a lot because um, you're right. We were like, okay, so we're not working anymore, but they're trying to attract um, people that are professionals in their careers. And um, we realized, well, maybe we're not working, but we're still professionals in our respective fields. And we felt that um, it would be a great opportunity for us to get to meet other people. And looking back on it, I think... Bert and I realized our work changed. Um, so we were working um, not in our the careers that we thought we were professionals in. Um, we were working for God's kingdom. Mm, beautiful. Uh, Bert was very um, a strong believer. Despite his um, disease, he just wanted to witness and bring so many people to Christ um, because he realized how important it was for him. Mm-hmm. And so our work, the scope of our work changed. and um, I think life work, what we realized, really fed us as leaders because we were we were doing so much leadership at the church, and life work gave us an opportunity to develop our leadership um, at the church and in our community to a whole nother level. That's amazing. I've never heard it put that way that your work
0: shifted. The work mm-hmm. shifted to he, uh, delivering the gospel to as many people as possible
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: over that time period. Wow,
1: yeah, it's it, it was it was a journey. When we learned about Bert's illness, how important your faith all this all of a sudden became so important, and you're stripped down of all the things that you think that are important. And when when we learn when we were able to learn that and surrender to that we just realized God was putting us in a position to share that with so many other people Mm -hmm. because everybody has something that maybe might not be life-threatening, but challenging to deal with.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. What was one of your most
0: memorable stories that came out of LifeWork Leadership the time that you had there?
1: (laughs) We do have a very memorable story. We were asked um, while we were participating in the class if we um, could do the case study um, at LifeWork. And um, so Bert and I did the case study at LifeWork, and we shared our journey um, of going through ALS as a married couple and um, all the changes in, that we were needing to deal with um, in order to accommodate how to live with this disease. And um, it was very, such a blessing to get to do that. And uh, at the end of giving our testimonies at Life LifeWork um, and getting, get a phone call the next day, we were, we're in a situation where Bert was starting to lose his ability to walk. And he, it, that was a really big struggle for him. And he, we were going to need to get a wheelchair van and he was going to—he's getting ready to transition into a wheelchair. But the idea of a wheelchair van for him was just daunting. And I, I, it was so hard for me to even get him to have conversations about it. So the next day after we gave our testimony, I get a phone call from the director at the time was Amanda Foreman saying, somebody in the class was so moved by your testimony, they want to buy you a wheelchair van. Mm-hmm. And... Bert and I were just blown away. We're like, oh, my gosh, did we come away as being um, needy? Um, because that wasn't certainly wasn't our situation. We had the financial resources to buy a van. And we told that to them. And they said, no, this man said that God spoke to him when we gave our testimony and told him to buy us a van. And that— The proper thing to do is to accept that generosity.
0: (laughs) So hard to be on the receiving end of somebody else's generosity. Uh,
1: What a learning lesson that was. Um, It's so fun being the giver, um, but it's um, humbling to be the receiver of great generosity. And um, so that was, that was one of the amazing, but probably the most amazing experience that impacted my life so much and our lives. And, you know, he said, didn't just want to buy us a van. He wanted to buy a van that was outfitted um, to however Bert wanted. So all of a sudden, this process of getting a van that was so daunting became so fun for him because mm-hmm. he could design the van to make it look like a boat and <laughs> um, put decals on it. And um, he had it all spruced up to make it a fun van.
0: Yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. It was amazing. It yeah. did look like a beautiful yacht on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It wood, did. all custom wood. And, yeah. Yes.
1: And the amazing things, too, that that van all of a sudden became a platform for Bert um, because people would come. We, he would line up people to take him out to lunch, and they would come pick him up in the wheelchair van and take him out to lunch. And they would spend an hour or two together. And I got respite um, from my caretaking responsibilities. But so many people he got to spend time with. And they got to spend time with him, which just, again, community Mm -hmm. got even richer.
0: Mm, That's so wonderful. And so fast forward, Bert loses the battle to ALS. Mm What would
1: you do with the van? Yeah. Robert um passed away in 2015, and um, I, uh, I, we were a part of an ALS support group. And um, so we knew a lot of people in the ALS support group, and there was um, one particular family, a mom, a young mom was diagnosed with a disease, and they had a five, five-year-old child that was playing soccer, and she couldn't go anywhere. She went, was wheelchair-bound, very early on in, in her journey of ALS. So um, once the once we were done with it, I took it down to this family in Miami. And um, this mom was then able to see her child play soccer mm-hmm. and attend the events at school. And I think I even heard that they went to Disney World. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so it really gave her some last opportunities to, um, to have make memories with her son.
0: That's amazing. And Bert's uh, legacy lives on Mm -hmm. uh, through that van and what has been able to be accomplished. And then
1: I think she... Did she give the van then to somebody else? Yeah, she passed away, um, and the van has been passed along a couple times now. I'm in the process of trying to relocate it Okay, um, to find out where it is. Uh, I went through a little season that I needed to disconnect from ALS, so I lost a little track, a little bit. Understandable. um, Track of it, so I am trying to. Find out where it is. It's um, It stands out. So I know if it was local, I would see it. But uh, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in South Florida, it was connected with the South Florida chapter of um, the support group for ALS.
0: Okay. Well, we'll have to make that our combined mission to find out yeah. where the van is, mm-hmm. especially because we have some... Clients that played a part in that van mm-hmm. that didn't even know mm-hmm. um, so many cool stories within mm-hmm. the body of NCF South Florida mm-hmm. community. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're going to make it our mission to find okay. that van. Yeah, I would like yeah. to find it. Yeah. It would be nice
1: to know where it is.
0: Exactly. Next podcast, guys. Uh, stay tuned for that one. <laughs> and Christine shares the stories of what has happened to the van. Um, so as, as we think of, you know, moving forward now in your life, um, there's been some other significant events that have happened in your journey. Do you mm-hmm. want to tell us about that?
1: Well, uh, after um, Bert passed away, you know, I was really impacted by how life work leadership impacted my life. And when he passed away, I had this amazing community of people, of friends. My best friends have come out of life work leadership. I was so strongly affected by the fruit of life work, um the opportunity to move into a leadership role um and work for the National Christian Foundation and lead life work um, became something that I did yeah, and so, uh
0: so cool how God worked all that out
1: yeah he so it was a, just a wonderful experience, so i um I got the opportunity to be on the other side of life work as um, someone leading the entire program. Um, But I think what even the best gift that God gave me out of life work um, was my current husband. Mm. There is my current husband, Mm -hmm. um, Scott. Uh, Who would have ever put a story together where a husband is going to pass away within the same community God brings me? My, my new husband and uh, and it was a tremendous provision. Scott had been with life work from the beginning since it started and was a coach for life work, uh, every year through. And so he had watched my journey with Bert, um, and I think that impacted his heart, um, knowing my character Mm -hmm. and, uh, he was a man that was a bachelor for 52 years Mm -hmm. and, um, how God will sometimes take bad and bring good out of it. And the fact that Scott got to witness my journey, um, and that could be a testament to my character, uh, gave him the opportunity to trust me. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, our relationship built from there. We were first friends and it, it's really kind of cool that Scott underst- knows who Bert was. So when I talk about him, uh, he knows who I'm talking about. And, um, He's, he's he's very much supportive of that, understanding that, that that's been a part of my life. And it's been a part of how we've gotten together.
0: Right. It's part of his journey, too. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful wedding ever was when Scott and Christine got married at the mm. Boca Raton Hotel and Resort. And it was just so full of joy mm. to see how God connected you. And um, Scott waited 52 years for you.
1: <laughs> he, he did. He waited a long time. And um God, who could write a story like that but God? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and now, so
0: you're, so you rolled off from life work leadership, mm-hmm. being the, the head of that, and started doing some other things that you were passionate about. You want to tell us a little bit about those passion areas mm-hmm. and something that you're leading right
1: now? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have some areas of passion, and um, you know, I I serve on a couple boards, and uh, one being uh, Strike Force Four two one, which is a women's giving circle. I am um, the current president of that, and we are here in South Florida. And what we do is we try to pull women or men um, to come together to make a donation, so that we can collectively pull our money together to make an impact to a ministry that is faith-based here in South Florida. Uh, We are celebrating our 10th year anniversary this year, Mm -hmm. and we've given over $1.5 million away um, in the 10 years and have served a lot of ministries. Um, So that's been a lot of fun. I've been with the board uh, probably since 2017. So so I've been on the board for a long time, and that's been a very, uh, very... Rich and very um, impactful and uh, fun ministry to be a part of. Um, I also serve as uh, chairman of the board for Knox Theological Seminary. I am very passionate about the church mm. and um, getting lead and education. Getting getting church leaders educated properly uh, so that they can lead their church as well. Um, mm. So I've been playing uh, playing enjoying that. That opportunity to serve at the seminary. And then finally, I serve on the um, Heart to Heart Board, uh, which is a ministry that serves the elderly. Wow. Wow. Amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So many different avenues.
0: And I believe, I know for a fact that uh, Heart to Heart has received a Strike Force grant mm-hmm. in the past. And I do believe that Knox is a current Strike Force semifinalist.
1: Mm hmm. So yes. So that's it's all entwined. It it's all, all entwined. entwined. It's all <laughs> entwined and it's um it's just it's just fun to see how, how the ministries can be impacted by strike force and um Yeah, I think it's important to connect the ministries with what we're doing at Strikeforce.
0: I love it. Um, You know, when a group of people come together and and give together, the multiple effect of that giving is exponential. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, any one of us could give a, a a smaller donation individually to an organization, but when we come together and give a big impact amount that can be transformational Mm -hmm. for the ministries it really is Mm -hmm. so um in terms of uh in terms of a closing parting shot i guess as you would call it your parting shot what would you like to tell our listeners
1: Oh wow! Well, we covered so much today. <laughs> How about the Strikeforce celebration, ten-year celebration I, event? Yeah, I you know I would have to say we have a phenomenal um, celebration coming up, and that's what we like to do at at Strikeforce. We have this season where we raise the funds to fully fund these ministries. We're trying to raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and on March twenty-first, we will have a celebration event. To give all the money away. Woohoo! So there's no ask, there's no, this is just purely a celebration event. And this year it's, a double celebration because we're celebrating 10 years of giving money away
0: incredible so incredible. yeah
1: I would love anybody that's listening um, first come learn about us at Force, come to the celebration event and be a part of something bigger and uh, making a bigger impact of in God's kingdom especially with a group of women um, who are have got the spirit of generosity you can't come here without leaving without the spirit of generosity you will be impacted just by your. Your sheer presence,
0: yep, the joy, and mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. And it's it started out as a women's giving circle, but so many of the women's spouses and friends and board members of some of the charities have cotton have caught the um, the excitement and the fun, mm-hmm. and now participate. Uh, Mm -hmm. as well so any and everybody is welcome at the celebration event Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well thank you christine thank you so much for joining us today at the generous life podcast and we look forward to all that god has in store for you and uh, we'll see you at the strike force celebration on march 21st at the lauderdale yacht club
1: can't wait thank you so much laurie it's been fun (laughs) thank you
0: Christine, thank you so much for joining us today on the Generous Life podcast and for sharing your stories. For our listeners, for anybody that wants to join us at the Strike Force 421 celebration event, it will be held on March 21st at the Lauderdale Yacht Club starting at 5.30 p.m. Everybody's welcome. You don't want to miss this 10-year anniversary celebration where we give all the money away. If you would like to learn more about Strikeforce, go to strikeforce421.org, and you can buy tickets to the event there and learn all about the Giving Circle. If you'd like to learn more about NCF South Florida, Go to ncfgiving.com forward slash South Florida, and you can check out everything that we're involved in and some of the things that you heard about today.